Okay, our sponsor for this episode is Spacemade. Spacemade offer flexible workspaces throughout the UK, and they currently have the following London locations. Queen's Park, The Strand, Fitzrovia, Swiss Cottage, and London Fields, as well as City Centre Leeds and City Centre Bristol. To find out more, do check out their website at www.spacemade.co. And finally, I would like to give a big thank you to the whole team there. I really am grateful for your support you've given us from day one, and it really won't be forgotten. If you are looking for a great space to work, guys, do check them out via the links in the description below. And for any direct inquiries, you can email them via info at spacemade.co. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We should only judge people um, basically by the social standards of the time that their action took place. So if something was completely okay in the 1970s to stay, um, should we kind of like dig that up and sort of say you're cancelled now because of it? Ladies first. <laughs> that is a really hard topic to delve into. Uh, where do you start with that? I guess if we're going to extremes, you could go back to like the Celtic era, right? And if someone, you know, how how barbaric it was, like all those years ago, that was socially acceptable then. And that was yeah. how they ran society. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we have a, a right now to criticize them and judge them on that? It's just like, it comes down to morals, right? And morals are not necessarily, are they, they're not, are they ingrained within us in like an evolutionary and genetic sense? Or is it something that we just develop as a society and through conversation and, and progression of, you know, where we've come as, as humanity. Um, and the same can be said for, for even just, you know, in the seventies, even though it's not that long ago, how far we've actually come since that point in time. Can you judge P? I, I don't know. I think, yes, you can judge them because you can say what they said was extremely wrong or, or or the actions that they took were despicable, but did they know any better? Well, you cancel them because of it, though. No, that's not fair. I think like, if you, the problem I have with cancel culture when when people pick up like a tweet that they they sent in like two thousand and ten or something, yeah, yeah, people change, and it is cancel culture. Kind of says to me that they're not allowing someone to grow and 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 expand and and you know and and change how they feel and think and and learn. It's saying you thought that. 20 years ago, therefore that, you still think that, and so therefore you're you not cancelled. That's all you are. Is there ever a situation where that would make sense, though? Let's say, for, for instance, someone is advocating for women's rights, yeah. and all of a sudden you dredge up tweets about them being kind of like super misogynistic before. But then like, you'd have to understand the context of like, it. Why were um, they misogynistic then? What's led them to change their thoughts and behaviours now? But it's kind that- of like... Um, would you I, also also not respect the fact that they've evolved that much? I hear what you're saying, and I and I think that that's a really good point. But it's kind of like, um, let's say that person, and this is just hypothetical. Mm. Um, let's say that person was head of a charity or in a position where it's kind of like, you know, it's actually a risk to this situation if you have at any point had these views that mm-hmm. we didn't know about. But why would it be a risk? Um, potentially because kind of like it's difficult to assess whether somebody has really changed or whether somebody is kind of like... That's what I mean. It's all contextual at the end of the day, isn't it? Because it is, that's what I'm right. saying. What is the circumstances that have led them to now hold this? You're right, but you can never really know, right? It's, it's you can never really know what anyone says to you is true or, or genuine. You can't. You just but have then, to trust them. But then it's kind of like, if you are putting them in a position where they're making decisions on 
um, let's just be consistent with the example, like a, a women's rights charity is kind of like, do you take that risk? And like, is that a situation where it's kind of like, it's not about, you know, you need to be cancelled and you're, um, we need to, you know, stop your bag and the economics and you can't make money, but it's just kind of like, maybe you can't do that here anymore because of this. Do you think that there's a case for that sort of situation ever? I don't, I don't, I don't personally think any pretty much barring like being an absolute fucking Nazi or intense racist. Like you can't really cancel people. Like it's just because, because number one, I think it has so many uh, negative connotations on a societal level and it will just grow. It's not, there's, there's no, we can see it in today's world when people talk about cancel culture, there is no reasonable, rational, rational, base minimum and it just keeps on growing because some people will naturally grab a hold of it and they'll use it for anything and that's yeah. that's the danger yeah. number one and i think i think number two it's just there is shit wherever you go in life it's like you know uh whatever happens there'll be shit people but as soon as you like desperately try and chuck them out of the way it loses all the the the, the sense of what what we talked about yeah. at the start of what you talk about and what i talk about with the whole thing if you're not even if they're the most worst person in the world, yeah. like, well, they, they've committed murder or they've, you know, they've drug dealt for years. Not, you can't approve it, but, but if you don't even have some sense of, or conception understanding or, or probably more, per, you know, perception of who they are and, and, and why yeah. they got to that place, yeah. then we're, it's just on a, on a more universal level, we're just, for me, we're fucked, which is why I feel we're on a precipice right now in general in the world, because I think we're so close to it. Yeah. And I think the world allows people to be really one, one track minded. And like you said, the echo chamber, which is why, again, why I, I almost thank you for making this game, because it's, these are the sort of things that will hopefully push through and make, it, and make a difference and actually change people's opinion. I just think it's so dangerous. We were talking about this like literally five seconds ago, right? Um, whether what cancel culture was intended for and how it originally started is how it's currently manifesting now. And I think kind of social media um, has exacerbated it in the wrong way. Mm. Um, but, you know, shout out to Afomo Jukwa and Remo Onumonu who came on a 40 uh, event and kind of like talked about the definition of it. Mm -hmm. um, and what they were saying was kind of, you know, for people who didn't have traditional recourse, for who, who couldn't get justice in traditional ways, they banded together and sort of boycotted certain things and certain industries. What's a great example? Recently, Dave Chappelle. Mm -hmm. he, had an, uh, he had an issue with a US television network that kind of owned the masters or equivalent to some of his work. Um, and he was like, you know, the deal that I was in meant that I didn't get properly remunerated for this work. So he asked all of his fans to stop watching the show no on way. that network. And it had such an effect that the network that held the rights to his show released him from that contract and then Netflix bought it and then put it on there and then gave him the proper deal. So that's an example of where cancel culture... Can be used for good. ...is used <laughs> for its proper, mm. you know... Of course, it's like, in my opinion, and everybody's going to have their own opinion um, on this, but in my opinion, it's not, you know, I disagree with what you say. It's like, okay, I disagree with what you say, but like, I'd still 
fight alongside you to protect your right to yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the, I think, the most important thing. We can't lose sight of that um, because, you know, people disagree and you can protest in a healthy way. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Like, um, and you can lobby for change in a healthy way and you can lobby for change in a really aggressive way. And sometimes when people don't hear, they have to feel and you have to write. Mm-hmm. That's not, a, for me, that's not a terrible thing. You know, it's been happening for centuries, so it must be part of human nature. But what, what you talk about with Dave Chappelle is not cancel culture to me. Is it not? No. Not what, what is that to you? That's just a fuck you to big corporations. Yeah, but you see, for, for me, that's kind of like fundamentally not a fuck you to big corporations, but if you kind of like reduce it to problem, mm. no traditional recourse, no traditional solution, what we're going to do is kind of like vote with our eyes, if you like. Mm. That is kind of what cancel culture was traditionally. It was kind in, of like, in the past. So you're yeah. saying, you're saying uh, so you're, you're defining cancel, elements of cancel culture to be much different to perhaps what I'm perceiving it as, which yeah. is much more very, at this very moment in time, which seems to be quite, there seems to be a bit, it's just quite dangerous. Yeah. Like, would you agree if, if we, if we refer to what the more, the version I'm talking about, you'd probably agree, agree it's quite dangerous. I think um, let's kind of like align on uh, assumptions. Mm-hmm. So we're assuming that kind of like person A hears an opinion from person B. Mm. Person A doesn't like the opinion. So person A is kind of like that person's morally abhorrent. They should never work again. Um, that's kind of like the modern version of cancel culture. Right? Yeah. For me, that's kind of like a difference of opinion. Yeah. And whether you disagree with somebody or not, um, everybody should be allowed to have an opinion. And I'm going to say something really controversial here. Yeah. That's what it's all about. But fuck it. Like, if people have racist views or misogynistic views or any type of views, if you have them and they're your views in in your head and you never act on them and you're never discriminatory as a, you know, consequence of them, and I know that's hard to do, but if that's the case, let's say in an ideal world, have that view. Fine. Like, Mm. I don't... I don't care that you have that view. What I care about is when you start, based on that view, not accepting people from in, mm. for interviews and, you know, making decisions based on that view. I think everybody is at liberty to have whatever view they want. Mm. Um, and I think what you can't do is police thought, sadly. Yeah. Like, a, you know, it'd be ideal if you could and align everybody to kind of like a centre and balanced way of thinking, I guess. But, but even then, is that not... Yeah, it's like I, I kind of agree with you. That'd be not. It's a nice idea, but even then, it, it feels like it would. It would be dangerous to should we say the human equilibrium, if 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 you could police thought. Yeah, of course. I, I don't think it's like. A, I mean, when I say it's, it would be nice if you could. I kind of mean that kind of. You know, it'd be if, nice if them no no wankers who like were really rude. That, and, that's and, it. And, and racist like, faces. You know, if everybody could sort of wave a magic wand and make everybody think like them. Yeah. So nobody thinks like, oh, I'm thinking this, but I'm sure I'm wrong. Everyone thinks they're right. Mm-hmm. Like, so it'd be nice if you could get everybody aligned to where you are. I also think it's really important to understand why people hold these extreme opinions and yeah, thoughts that's, and beliefs. That's exactly. the most and important thing. I think one really interesting thing is to look at like cults because you become so, like when someone's in a cult, they're so indoctrinated yeah. or they've been brought up in a cult society. And so their whole life, all they've, all they've known, all they've been taught are these beliefs. Yeah. Um, so can you cancel someone for that just because of the pure environment on which they've been, you know, 
absorbed into. Yeah. If if then, for example, say going back to our original example of um, was it women's rights that we were talking yeah. about? Say, that old, that old say there was a cult where it was like <laughs> completely misogynistic and yeah. they believed that it was com- the patriarchy ruled and whatever. Yeah. And they grew up in that. But then say, you know, they got to like 25 and they're like, oh my God, what have I been doing? I've been, I've been completely taught the wrong thing. And this is, this is so yeah. immoral and I don't believe this stuff anymore, but maybe on their social media or they, there's evidence of them publishing things that had, you know, suggested that, they, they believed into those, into the, what the cult was, you know, saying before, but now they've changed. Yeah. Can they be canceled for that? Is that fair? I don't think that's fair. Like, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think that cancel culture is kind of like diametrically opposed to societal progression. Mm. Like you, you have to allow people or you have to allow societies to, to change. Like if you look at, you know, same sex marriage is recent. Like, yeah, that that didn't used to be a thing until fairly recently. Like, but then bi- bisexuality is, is, as far as what we can tell, since the, the Roman times and, and Greek times, it's just, yeah. I feel like we had a regression maybe 19th century, 20th century, and it's come back almost. Yeah, and I, and I think that that's like super true. And like to give kind of like a more um, maybe practical not practical, a more recent example and more and an example closer to home. Mm. I remember growing up in inner city London and going to school and it wasn't cool to be African. If you were from Africa, it was kind of like, oh, like, it was like, uh, do you live in a hut? And you're talking about like 11, 12 year old kids and like really juvenile and sophisticated mm-hmm. kind of like joking and stuff like that. Um, but even up to, up to like, 16 i remember at school it wasn't like it wasn't trendy to be african first like an immigrant um yeah now in like popular culture in our culture like afrobeats and stuff like that it's like super super yeah, and, super celebrated and that is progression mm. that's like that that happens and that's normal and we have to i guess allow that but then what's that term used um appropriation <laughs> Appropriation. That's now another thing that people get cancelled on. Yeah, cultural appropriation. Yeah. yeah. So Even that, though it's, you know, you could argue that you're celebrating the, the culture now, but people are angry because, like you say, before it wasn't it wasn't celebrated and it yeah. was almost joked about and it wasn't cool. It's um it's interesting because there's a card that goes cultural appropriation brings us closer together. Discuss, um, and I think what you said is super true. It's not, you know, that's a throwaway outlandish comment, right? It brings us closer together. Does it? I mean. It depends, but I think kind of like there is a massive difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Yeah, and I think people um, get them confused. Yeah, yeah. So how, how, would you, how would you define the two that I'd be interested so to know? Appropriation is when kind of something is traditionally not accepted, yeah. but then it's made acceptable because another culture does it. Example, if I was working in a law firm and I wore my hair naturally and grew an afro, mm-hmm. yeah, and they told me that my hair is not professional, mm-hmm. but then one of my white colleagues had a massive perm and it was absolutely fine. And he was Caucasian. So. Yeah, that's appropriate. That's like looking at another style using it and it's okay now because yeah, you've done it. That that's, that's cultural yeah, appropriation. I agree with that. Like cultural appropriation isn't you wore something that kind of... For me, this is how I define it. Um, you wore something that kind of comes from another culture. Because it's kind of like, okay, I really like that. I'm, I'm lending from that. And it's kind of like, I'm celebrating that culture. Mm. As opposed to, I am, you know, or 
not even the individual, but society has made something acceptable because it's typically kind of like been used or uh, accepted by the white community. And I think that's what gets people really mad and that, you know, is rightfully so. And that's what cultural appropriation is. Appreciation, I think, is something different. It's such a fine line though, isn't it? Yeah, well, this is the problem. Then, Yeah. I was just trying to get, I'd really collate my thoughts on that as you were saying that. It's quite, sorry, but go ahead about the fine line. I mean, I just, yeah, I just think it's so hard. It's so hard to know. And then I think there's a, there's a lack of, forgiving on the, on the nuance side, which I think is half the danger as well. So that's creates the, yeah. the cancel culture. Do you guys feel like um, as members of the white community that it's mm. like you're treading on eggshells? Yeah. Now, now with, with what's happened in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel I, well, my Instagram personally, I stay away from anything political or anything that might stoke any fires because I just simply don't want to get involved in those conversations online. Um, and to have, cause like I was saying earlier, things get taken out of context or things, you know, people manipulate or people hear things, how they want to hear it when really they don't fully. There's a preconception straight away if they're, yeah. if they're really emotionally attached to it, especially now, I think. So you've got no chance, no matter what you did that, that would maybe be a, a one way to put it is that, especially I can imagine for you when you've got obviously a ton of followers, it's even scarier, but it's. I wouldn't say I'm walking on eggshells personally. I think I'm very willing to have a conversation with anyone. Uh, and I, and I'm not too scared of like saying what I, what I feel personally. And I'd like to think I'm reasonably balanced. I'm quite well read and all these sort of things. Um, but I would say I've had conversations where with black friends or people I've met at dinner party, wherever it is, where it is trickier, trickier for sure. And, and perhaps, I speak out of turn and there's, and I've definitely learned from some of the conversations, but I have not realized in the first place, which has been good. Yeah. And I think on the flip side, um, I've had black friends or people I've met who maybe saw my perspective and gone, okay, yeah, maybe there is a hypersensitivity here, or maybe I can see their point why they w- might have interpreted that and why they've evolved to think differently or whatever it may be. Is there kind of like, um, and I might be putting you guys on the spot here, but like, no, go for it. is there any frustration that kind of, you know, a lot of the systematic racism and stuff like that that's been perpetrated, you don't feel connected to yourselves, but you feel kind of in some way responsible for redressing that balance. What do you mean? As in kind of like... Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but go on. Go on as, as, as in kind of like, um, you know, let's use a hard pendulum example. Um, someone in the States might say, you know, but... I'm not racist. There's nobody in my family that's racist. So why do I have to hear about this? Um, I've got no I, problem hearing, hearing about oh, it. Oh, yeah, I have no but, problem. But I, I, or, or why do I, why, why is the finger being pointed at me sort of thing? Whereas kind of the counter to that is, yeah, but you benefit from the system. Mm. So I think uh, in America, it's a complete, it is really, it is really bad systemic racism. And I watched a, a little mini documentary about you know, the reasons why, and, and, I, and I fully understood it. As I think, I think that's been one benefit actually of what's happened in the last year. It's made me actively research into it. And and it's because it's, because like you say, it's not something that directly affects me per yeah. se, but that's that's no reason to not un- try and understand why people are getting so frustrated and angry. Um, 
But do I feel guilty? Is is that kind of what you're? I mean, you said it in a much more succinct way than I did. <laughs> like, kind of what I was going at. Like. Um, well, no, because I don't think I've technically had a part to play in the systemic mm. nature of of, yeah. of it. I yeah. think that's something that's been caused by our predecessors. And yeah, I think I, I've I, never. I've always maybe I've I've never kind of been in a position where I've never stuck up for someone or I've never, I've always tried to make everything equal as possible. Yeah. And in any sense, whether it's gender, gender or whatever, age. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think kind of like, I don't want to speak for, um, in this example, like the entire black community, mm. but my personal view is could give a fuck whether you feel guilty or not. If, if you're not from the community, it's, for me, it's like beyond that now. Guilt's not the important thing. The important thing is how do we kind of like foster yeah. an environment for change? Yeah. Um, like, okay, cool. Great. That happened. We recognize it. Mm. What can we... But I think that's just me. That's my general approach to like any mistake that has happened. It's kind of like, okay, how do, yeah. you, how do you fix it? How do you move yeah, forward? Yeah, exactly. Move forward, yeah. But you know, you know when you're asking that question, are you talking in, in some sense about do you... Do you, as a white person, does your back get up a bit and feel like you've been pointing the finger at as as if it's your fault? And that, and that and that natural reaction, because I do, I know what you're getting at there. This is kind of like, um, you know, we're using the kind of uh, example on ethnicity, mm. but exactly the same thing happened less than two weeks ago with women's rights when men were going, mm. but not all men. Yep. Right. It's it's exactly the same kind of, I think, psychology of the uh, making a general statement about the status quo and people interpreting that as a personal attack. And that's only natural though, right? Or, I mean, at, or at least in the first instance, I, I mean, it's an yes, impulse. Yes. And no, um, it's natural in the sense that kind of like, yes, it can be, um, impulsive, but it's not natural in the sense that kind of like, you're not even really listening to understand you're listening to respond. And yeah. it's, it's the impulse that makes you respond a certain way. But actually, like, a lot of the rhetoric that I read wasn't sort of saying men... It, it wasn't even about kind of, like, you did this. It was more kind of, like, this is happening mm. in our society. It's not kind of, like, you, you personally. It's kind of, like, this is outrageous. We're, we're now telling you that this is outrageous. We're now telling you that this is our lived experience. It's not... We're not telling you that for you to go, um, I agree or I, or it's not me. We're telling you that for you to listen and understand. Yeah, but, but I think I understand the reasons why men were doing that. It's because I also read the other side of that argument and it was that we're saying this because we don't want to cultivate this society of fear towards men. Not all men are predators. Not all it's, men it's, are going to chase yeah. you down. It's and social rape media you. connected yeah. as well, isn't and it? And I think social media does generate this kind of cesspool of fear and anger, and like yeah. it's always there's always someone that's got to be attacked. That's what it seems like, and I think it, that, that was just a yeah. natural reaction to prevent that from happening again. I, but would I agree. any reasonable person sort of think that all men, like, do you know what I mean? It's no, but, like but no, but no, but, but but I think I think within these type of situations that rhetoric is created and and you see it in the way that people are nowadays when we talked about the fact that going back to the point of like why are people not willing to see the other side of the opinion and try and understand where they're coming from it's because of these elements of social media and these blanket statements that happen that mm -hmm. makes that makes your willingness to ju judge that person yeah. and have a preconceived notion of someone so quickly 
through elements of identity politics and everything else. Yeah. And it's very, very dangerous. And you know, when I was talking before about the danger to society, like that's my problem with it. It's like, it's like blanket statements are very accusatory because it just, like you said, it's, you're saying it's general, but then it can grab everyone else. It can throw a blanket over everyone else. So then everyone feels like they fall into it. So for my, my, like my point of view is, is no, not personally do I take it because I don't take it serious. Well, I don't take a statement like, also, sometimes the wording is very tricky. It's like men beware. Like that's men is everyone, I, I, and and yeah, that's very dangerous. I, here's here's where I kind of am aligned with you on that. And the same thing happened with the Black Lives Matter movement that I didn't love. Mm. And I spoke to a lot of mates, and they completely disagreed with me. Mm. And I learned something um, on it. But it was kind of like the rhetoric seemed quite accusatory. It seemed kind it of is. like it go out, is. go out and learn, go out and educate yourselves, and go out and like it was a lot of kind of like anger placed you know and my initial argument or my initial response to that was like this is maybe going to marginalize people who could the whole thing is more divisive yeah, yeah it's connected to social problem. media it's connected yeah, to like, cancel culture it's connected to identity politics it's this vicious round cycle of all these certain should we say school of thoughts or ideas yeah. that that suggest it's why i'm very like opposed to identity yeah. politics because it's i just don't on a purely like Forget what way I lead or, or lean, lean, sorry, in a, in a political sense. It does not make sense for me to go ahead and say, hey, you're from here and I'm yeah. from here as far as getting along in the future. Sorry yeah. to prod you like that. So you see what I mean? But it's like, yeah, yeah. like, hey, but you know, I'm, I meant that because it is like that. It's very, it's a real prod at someone. Yeah. And, and but then that, like, that personally scares the shit out of me because all it does, so you know, you're saying as a white person, do I get offended? I don't personally get offended. I get it. Yeah, but, yeah. but I've had, um, you know, neurological impulses of going, hey, hey, why the fuck? And then I'm like, I realize what's going on. Yeah, and I sense and I, yourself. Yeah, and I sense that. And I realize, yeah. I understand why they're thinking that. And I understand mm -hmm. it's not genuinely personal to me. But, but if we're talking on a wider level, I understand why people get like that. And it is, it just seems like every group or everybody's getting attacked for something, you know? And it's just like, why, why, yeah. you know, in very, bohemian terms why can't we just get along like and just be a bit more forgiving it's yeah just... but here's where the education piece was for me mm. i initially started like where where you are and i was like this is super accusatory it's not going to achieve anything mm. then i was like fuck it people need to get this off their chest and if certain yeah, groups of people need to be victim for a short period of time and it starts a conversation Fine. Yeah, oh, it's I'm not. Like we need to divide like, to come together. Again. You know what I mean? I, I was kind of like. I'm not. Ag like, I'm not against that, but I'm not against it in every capacity. Yeah, I, no, no, like, no, I'm, no. I'm quite for it in many ways. Like, there's without a doubt, there's some. I mean, elements. You're an anomaly because you're not an anomaly, but you're in a small percentage, perhaps because you are very well read and you are intelligent and you are, you know, mm. a lot of people aren't like you and they don't, you know, if you if just going back to some small counties in England, for example, yeah. there are people who, you know, you're shocked if you see someone of a different ethnicity there. So yeah. like, you kind of need to have these conversations. But it's the way we, it's, it's surely it's the way we have them. That's the point. Yeah, but that, that's, that is a really good point. And um, so I, my whole journey to it was kind of like, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to achieve what, you know, we want this to achieve. Yeah, this is the way we have the conversation if, right now. If that's if, literally it. If the kind of like comms is super accusatory. Hmm. But then I was kind of like, you know, and, and this is when riots were going on and people were like, you should protest in a different way and stuff like that. And, and were, I was like, not being heard. And I was like, no, like, th then my friend came around and his name's Vince. I worked with him at uh, Deliveroo 
And what he said, what he said, what what he said was kind of like, if it takes burning some shit to get a response, burn the shit. But I, I'm not against that either. Like, I, I, I don't, I really don't do that. But I'd, I'd again say it all connects to rhetoric and, and dangers. It's like, okay, wh- why is there this anger, right? Like, fine, we'll just go there. We'll talk about like what's, you know, systemic racism or institutionalized racism, right? Or, or is, is it two different things is, is one point. Now, there is no doubt that, I mean, I'm sure you heard about the report that came out yesterday. Um, yeah. I've forgotten what it's called. Um, and the government basically mm-hmm. had a whip run and went, we're not racist, are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, nah. now <laughs> but, but there's more to that than that. I'd say with respect to you, like that, that, that is, a, that is for me, that is, there's more to it. It's a 300 page document. You can't say, oh, well, well that's, that's it. And that, that would be my point is if you start doing that, especially leaders of thought, then, then people will follow. And, and, and that, that is the danger of this whole situation. Yeah. Cher- if you cherry pick information, you, exactly. You pick the narrative. It's like, yeah. with respect to you, I would say, if I could challenge you on this, yeah. that statement suggests that you have a very pre- you had a preconceived notion of what was going to come out before it was going to mm-hmm. come out. Now, regardless of the people who are involved in it, we know that some people within, within that board were of, uh, backgrounds that you would consider more, more appropriate to analyze the situation. Yeah. There's definitely enough there to go there is some validity to the people behind it and what they're saying now yeah. to what extent is another question there is ba- there, there is balance there but i do i really worry for this this sort of thing because I, you, you see, literally you've seen the aftermath since then and it's already like people have chosen their size already i genuinely yeah. i can honestly hand on heart be pretty confident that i have not picked a side i've just and i didn't have a preconceived no i, I just thought i just thought to myself of everything i know it's very very in, in simple terms, institutionalized racism, yeah? There yeah. is elements that suggest there's institutionalized racism. There's elements that doesn't. There's elements to suggest that individual racism is probably the, the scariest right now. Uh, and there's many ways to skin a cat. When, in the sense when we talked about before, which I know you agree with, that um, every single... In, like, how can, how can you... Categorizing people is just quite dangerous in general, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to statistics. It's, it's very anecdotal in, in the wrong way. Yeah. And, and as a result, like... Like we said when we talked about the twins who could go a different path, all of that. How can we if you wanted to say to me if you wanted to say to me, there are racists, there's dangerous people about, there's there's people who lead certain thoughts that are dangerous and we need to give good speech against them and we need to do general positive equal opportunity so that anyone in a decent position can do something. Of course I'll be with that, but there's very small there's lots of incremental dangers and small details that are that have to be addressed and I don't think and that's why I worry about this whole situation that's connected to the points we talk about council culture identity politics and so on and so forth and again i would add i'm not particularly any political leaning i mean i I like the whole reason why i do this is because i'm obsessed with balance and i'm obsessed with like people just saying not like oh this is a fact and this is a fact because now now we distort facts but like what is actually going on right now and i and i'm kind of sympathetic to that you know i i lean the same way i'm not really kind of like uh yeah, I can make a throwaway comment, but I'm not really kind of like, um, you know, wedded to any one view. I'm always, even if I have a strong opinion, it's like super weakly held. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, it's, a good, I'm it's a good way to put it. Cause you're always, if you've got any way about you, you're willing to yeah, like, take on more and I'm, maybe, yeah, be, sure. maybe be swayed. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it to, to be challenged. Mm-hmm. Like I think people's frustrations with that report was kind of like one timing um, of when it came out who can really be at fault for that and two kind of it is reductive because it 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 does make um 
it does come to the conclusion that the UK is one not institutionally racist, even though there's much more data to that. Mm. But it also comes to the conclusion that the UK is by far and away better than other places. Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And like, you don't think that? Sorry, you don't think so? Um, I do think the UK is better than a lot of places in, I think, like, especially London. I think I've got a very, I think I've got a very London centric view of the UK. <laughs> I've never really, li I've lived in Exeter and literally I was working in a pub and a lady came over and went, you're good looking for a black man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's the sort of like, and she was about 90 and she thought she was like being friendly. Aww. So see, that, see, that's the thing. There is an element of naivety in, in, of course, in, in the like right ignorance, way. There. There's, there's ignorance yeah. in every, uh, and I say ignorance is because she's clearly lacked exposure yes, yeah, and doesn't have exposure. The, like you said with the other point, yeah, she, yeah. she doesn't have the kind of like, um, you know, cultural and social intelligence to know that that's not, going to go down particularly favorably. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not. It's, that's not, you know, that's not kind of like unique to white people. I'd say that's more kind of like an old person thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, generational. It's, sure. it's generational, but I just think like, um, it's dangerous making kind of like super state, like sweeping statements, even if they're based on um, the interpretation of the data that was collected, because somebody could do that report again and it would come out completely different. But it is multi-layered, that report. Did, sorry, say that again? I said quite possibly. Yeah. But I do, I still think it is, what I'm getting at is I'm not, I'm not um, denying any form, any form of institutional or systemic racism. I'm really not. I just, I just. Is it the degree of it? Yeah. You have um, yeah. issues with? I, I'd um, say that's the point. I'd say there's plenty of, um, it's, at least in this society to suggest that we're particularly tolerant or at least we've evolved and we've been, and, and yeah. you can see it from the fact that you have, I was, you know, I've, I'm not going to go into it, but this do documentary idea I have is all about basically that, that we have so many commonalities within a human being, especially in the UK. And the fact that we do have, I'm sure there will be commonalities with the, with the, the Cornish, the Cornish local farmer in Cornwall and the, and the, and the, second generation Hindu or Sikh uh, shop yeah. owner in Bradford. There will be commonalities there. And that, yeah. that's quite, a, that's, you know, without trying to be, oh, I love Britain and so on and so forth, that is quite quite a beauty of what we've done. And perhaps because I of feel the, like wherever report, the way the world's though, gone. I feel like that report though is kind of like the, the data set that was used was visible. It's actually like almost impossible to use kind of like in, in, invisible data sets to properly assess this because when we talk about an institution any what is what is the institution any corporation or institution if we're reducing it to kind of like institutional racism um that's big but if we reduce it to like a corporation um where people are particularly frustrated is that kind of there are institutions like a school for instance where there are certain rules that apply for one group of people and they don't apply for other group of people. Are you talking on a more like an appearance basis or? That's an example. Yeah. That's one kind of like, you know, example of that. Where it's like, okay, you can't wear your hair like this and you mm -hmm. can't wear your hair like that. And if you looked at the data on that and you sort of said, what does that rule say? The rule might say something like, you can't have messy hair or something like that. The interpretation of that rule would be kind of like, you've got an Afro and it's, this is like naturally growing out of your head mm. and it 
you know, unfairly disadvantages a group of people. Mm. That's the level of invisible data that hasn't been collected whilst this, you know, report has been generated. And that's, I think, where a lot of people's frustration comes from because what people are saying is that, what people aren't saying is that, you know, the UK is like 1740s United States. And I think that's what people are interpreting when people say the UK is a racist country. It's not that. It's, it's really, really not that. I, I, I don't personally interpret that way, but sorry, sorry, Karen. I'll, but, I'll elaborate on it afterwards. But. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm pretty sure I hope you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Like, I, I know what you mean, but, I'm, but saying, like, I'm just making the point that um, do, you, I, do you really think people, what I'm getting at is do you really think people are I think people super keeping view the racism. bar that low? I think people view racism as super binary. Like what you are or you're not. You're, you're, this country's racist or it's not. And then kind of like optically, it's like, you know, there's uh, a melting pot in London and in other parts of the country, there are other communities and stuff. And it's like, how can we be racist when, you know, I've never said anything racist and when we live in these communities? Mm. That's like a really high level view of something that is far, far more complex. Yes, yeah, I, I read a study yeah. literally yesterday about... Don't know when. I think it was pretty recently done because um, it was talking about current racism and it was saying about how for job applications, two people could have the exact same, you know, credentials, exact same qualifications, but just the difference would be the name. And the person with a name from an ethnic minority background had a forty percent less chance of getting, or forty percent of the time got got didn't get the job. And then when you're collecting data for kind of like our job applications, you know, disproportionately stacked or, or or is this question on the application form disproportionately stacked it might be that that's you can't spot that from a question because the question just sort of says like oh uh what university did you go to it's how the answer is interpreted that's where the levels of racism come in and that's where the levels of discrimination come in because the question could be which university did you go to and someone could go oxford and then someone could go durham Mm. And someone could, you know, looking at the application, I'm going to choose the person that went to Oxford or I'm going to choose the person with the name that sounds more similar to mine. Mm. You can't account for that. So if you're going to do a report on whether the UK is institutionally racist, like it's almost important. You're almost, you've almost failed before you started because there is data that you cannot access. Yeah, it's, um, impossible to it's, it's based on people's prejudice. That's kind of agreeing with what I'm saying. I, I, either side of the arc, either side or the or the bit or the sort of the big bit in between that we're here have this one. Okay, um, uh, it's 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 so an individual's individual. It's so hard to pinpoint, which is why sometimes you it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's like I'm not. I'm obviously not saying don't assess whether the place where and you uh, don't assess whether the UK or anywhere is racist, but. Like you said, what, what it, there, there's so many ways to skin the cat or peel the onion. It's, it, it, yeah, but it's, it's, there's that many layers to it. Mm -hmm. Even on, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on one person, there's that many layers to it. And it's like, it's, so like for me, my question would be to you, do you feel, like, so you obviously you were born here and everything like that, yeah? No, I wasn't. You I was born in Nigeria. Okay. But do, do you feel, either way, you pretty much grew, grew up here from a young age, yeah? I did, yeah. Um, do, do you feel... The UK is either institutionally or systemic, or at least systemic racist, racist on a more broad scale. Yeah, systemically. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I'd like fervently believe that. Yeah, and that you know, but a, a lot or, or more. Like, what you were saying with, or you're saying, well, well, what I was saying is, 
to I, what extent is the big question. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's kind of like on a binary level. Like, I don't think it's kind of like a UK super racist. Binary is the wrong word, like on a pendulum. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like it's super racist or it's absolutely not racist. Are you counting London in this? Sorry? Are you counting London within this? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think optically, um, you know, if you were to look at London and you look at kind of like what you can do as a minority in London and what you can do as a minority in the UK, you could sort of say, no, it's not racist. The opportunities exist. It's not like people are precluded from having certain opportunities or making certain job applications because of their ethnicity. It's more kind of like when they do, how is that application interpreted? That's the level of kind of like insidious, insipid, like, you know, that, that I think is the, is the real problem. And I think that's like so much harder to kind of get to, which, which is. And is this something you've personally experienced? You almost wouldn't know if you've personally experienced it. Yeah, the it. way you're saying it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah, like know. It's, 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 it's that... almost like less obvious. It's almost kind of like you have to catch people uh, doing it. Actually, like I did catch somebody doing it. I was on a call with a client um, uh, when I was working for a law firm. And the client thought that they were on mute. And they kind of said, Kenzo Onomonu, like, what sort of fucking name is that? People say, there was that video that went around on social media the other day of that dentist in the US. And she was sort of caught saying, um, those illegals about Mexican people. Oh, no. Did you, I don't know if you I saw that. I didn't see that. No, but I know there's a big hatred towards Mexicans. Um, and she Americans. was like, oh God. And she was like saying, I say, I say nigger. And she was like, I would, I would never say it around black people, but I say it all the time. Like, don't record this and sort of stuff. <laughs> like, under the bonnet, what yeah. people say, yeah. like, I've got a friend and she she basically said, yeah, my parents are, like, openly, casually racist at home in front of the TV. Like, and no, normally um, they are, like, upstanding members of society, they're in really good jobs. You, you can't tell me that, you know, people are able to compartmentalise and silo that prejudice just pick and choose when they want. Mm. Like it, it doesn't happen. Humans aren't, I don't think, able to do that. So when people are making hiring decisions and I've got like real life examples of like, if you look under the bonnet, you're a bit kind of, it's a bit weird that you said that. Mm. Would I trust that person to then make a, you know, objective decision on five CVs with a couple of people from uh, minority backgrounds in there? Mm. <sighs> I find that quite hard. And that's why I think, like, most European countries have a systemic racism problem. Like, But could it not, could be the same, like, say, for example, if I went to Nigeria, would they not be racist against me? Yeah, you always, yeah, you always wonder that. Is, is the, it's it's, is the it's bias more a human the, nature thing, I yeah. think. It's like you always, it's collective to people who are like you. I t- I t- I'm sure I t- you've t- come t- across it's that, like a tri- that, that tribal one thing from when... Yeah, it's, it's, t- it's, it's mu- as much as you might hire, I would, I would just take that point a bit further and say as much as you might you might have someone from different cultural background but yeah. lives in the same area and gone up with the same struggles with you and you you yeah. you align with them more yeah no I, I i take that point and i've often wondered kind of like you know um if it was the other way around um let's say you know you were trying to get a job in nigeria or something like that would you face the same sort of uh negative prejudice and the reason why i don't all the way agree with this is because you know, I don't think anybody can reasonably deny that for centuries it's been perpetrated, especially in the media, that kind of like almost like white is better. 
And because of that, I don't think it would be the same um, if it was if it was reversed. It's, it's not as simple as just saying kind of like people just pick people who look like them. Um, it might be. I think or, I think people pick with with who who they with, with, associate. With. Yeah. Well, it's it's rap it's rapport, right? Like mm. if 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 I if me if we had if I interviewed you tomorrow for a job, yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty confident that we we have a good rapport and we chat for more than just the job interview. Is yeah. that? Is, but you might not be the best qualified. But yeah. I, but we, people talk, talk all the time about how. And again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I disagree with you, but even every word yeah. I'm saying, I'm just sort of making the point. Well, that's like, kind of like, like like people hire more about the people now than the actual CV. So then, does that become? But like, that, like, to what extent are we, do we go with it, but, you know? But that's kind of, what I'm kind of talking about is a subconscious safe bet mentality. Mm. And, like, you could see uh, five CVs, and I don't think it kind of matters where you're from in the world. But if it's kind of like a, you know, a white-sounding name, you might subconsciously think they'll be better at doing their job even if you're in Nigeria, just because you've been, like, everything you've seen on TV sort of shows you that, Doctors, they're white. Like, you know, people in uh, law enforcement positions, like judges and stuff like that, they're white. So if you're going to get, if, if you're hiring for a job, subconsciously, you're, you're, you know, what was that test that they did with children? Well, it was kind of like, um, here are a couple of dollies, pick the pretty one. And they always pick the white one. Well, that's, that's media re- rhetoric. And, but... That's shit strong. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that shit strong. That you pervades, see it every day all the like, time and in social media. It connects and, with all and because about. you see it every day and everywhere, I don't think it would be exactly the same if the situation was reversed. I think there's kind of like a subconscious white is right. Um, well, you think so much so that maybe even even a black employer might might go through it. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's I, interesting. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, and you're right when you say it's not a... Um, even necessarily it's, culture. It's not an ethnicity yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not an ethnicity It's kind of like yeah. a human conditioning thing. Yeah. And I think it's on that level that uh, there's been a problem, you know. That whole, you know, transatlantic slave trade and stuff like that, that whole rhetoric that, you know, black people are less than human, that it, it might not be that it's manifested practically or that we can see how it's manifested now. Yeah. But that still lives in Do some you- respects. To to what extent though I would I would ask because I think I may, maybe this is naive and I'm really saying this more posing the question I maybe because I just don't believe it myself but I can't seriously think that many people truly nowadays when it's such a prevalent conversation and there's so much in many ways the right way even even if it is some people find some white people find the the, the it overzealous and like it's accusatory it doesn't matter it's so prevalent it's making people people notice do you still really think that many people i'm talking like beyond a five ten percent bracket truly see other races whether it is black or asian whatever it is as a lesser person well it's, it's, it's i'll answer your question in two parts the first bit is even if it was one person like it's it's, a, it's an issue the second example that i'll give you is sam you'll resonate with this like if you take football Mm. especially kind of um, youth football uh, or rugby or any sport, really. Um, I remember my cousin being like, uh, we went to Eton to play a rugby match and they were at Christ Hospital or something like that. And they had like seven black people on their team. Mm -hmm. And the Eton coach said to the Christ Hospital coach, fucking hell, how many wingers have you brought? Mm. Sort of thing. Mm. Because black people are traditionally fast. fast, 
and stuff like that. And it might be that, you know, you're playing football and it's like, this happened to me two years ago where I was like, I'm a central midfielder. Like, I, mm. you know, I'm not particularly fast, particularly strong, mm-hmm. but like, I've got a good brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the coach was like, yeah, but you're a tricky winger, aren't you? And I was like, no, I'm not. Mm. It's because there's an automatic kind of like preconception there. preconception that like my best attribute is not going to be my brain. Yeah. Um, and that's the sort of level where it's like, it might not seem like it's uh, a huge amount of people. It's not obvious. Yeah. But this sort of shit massively still Tiring. exists. Is it institutional or is it, is it very media based? Would be the because to me that's almost different things and 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 I'd be the first person to say again another reason why I'm doing this is because I hate the brainwashing the brainwashed level of media that that is put in front of people and I think it's again hugely d- divisive it's half the problem we have again like I've told you I am obsessed with the balance needed and one of the things we talked about is some stuff where we will re- potentially not go political but we'll try and convey ideas and relate re- relate topics and even incidences within the world in the best way we can that's truly unbrainwashed and as agnostic shall we say as possible yeah um so that's the first first point and then the second point i would ask is well what's what's your solution what do you do you have a solution in your head um kind of like to answer the second part first mm. i think that looking for an immediate solution isn't gonna work like it took years to get here yeah like years to it wasn't just that you know the transatlantic slave trade happened and then there was an international you know recognition that black people are lesser it didn't happen overnight Mm. like it was you know and i guess kind of like leaning into your first question it's symbiotic the media influences what people think like Mm -hmm. if you look at you know newspapers that were going around around the time and if you look at what newspapers are writing now about Raheem Sterling about, you know, it paints a picture mm. that there is an issue. There. Mm. So I think it's indivisible, you know, people's, whether it's systematic or whether it's kind of like media led because the media influences the system. Like, yep. I think it's awareness and I think it is talking about these issues and, and, tr- and trying to actively understand because I think a lot of people would just dismiss it, don't they? They just say, oh, it doesn't exist. You, you guys are overreacting. There's nothing really going on here. Yeah. But actually... People wouldn't be saying, so many people wouldn't be bringing up these issues if that actually wasn't an issue. So it's then listening, understanding and actively trying to avoid that. Just like the thing you said about the football, he probably thought that was completely innocuous, you know, saying, oh, you've got lots of wingers. I just thought it was a passing joke. But actually when you're constantly kind of bracketed as that kind of person constantly when you're not. It's really tiring. It's hard, it's hard to it's kind like, of like perform outside that. Yeah. Right? It's hard to like, I, I kind of found this with um, playing football before that I was kind of like, uh, there were certain expectations of me. And if I didn't meet them, it's like, you're, you're judging me to a standard that you expect me to be mm. what I'm actually showing or presenting you. Um, and I think it's, it's not just in the kind of ethnicity conversation. It's also in the kind of... Um, gender conversation yeah, as well exactly. like hugely and um i don't really like to sort of place blame on any one group i think that's just it's pointless we're kind of beyond whose fault it is mm-hmm. it's kind of I like agree. to ask answer your question about what's the solution i think kind of like a long-term solution is do things like this educate um children and make sure that the next generation kind of like i think the internet is going to massively help that yeah by the way. You know, well there's two sides to it isn't you're it? exposed to much yeah. more 
cultures though. Yeah. Like you, you know, because there, there are there are positives there on that point, like you said. Yeah. said but, the, but I do worry. Then there's this whole deep animosity and anger that that. And I'm not saying it's not allowed. I just think I just think. Or it's, Ang- not, it's, it's not unwarranted. Ang- anger short lived though. Like, yeah, well, this, is, don't this riot is what for I hundred days. In this a row. is what I hope. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're right. But this is what I hope. I, I think that. I mean, that would be a, that's the worry. I think for some people, don't you think? Yeah, but that doesn't happen. That mm. tradition, like, there's data to support that that doesn't happen forever. Like, mm. and and that's why I'm like far more uh, tolerating of people protesting that way, mm. in really extreme ways, because I think like it gets to the point where that needs to happen for people to like you know listen and take action to listen to take action but after the dust has settled there always seems to be kind of like a a, a willingness to have a conversation mm-hmm. i think that's you know it, it just tends to naturally go that way and because of that i think there's an opportunity there to sort of think right what can we actually do every time something like this flares up to make meaningful and lasting changes and i mm. think you know everybody now has a responsibility to raise the next generation in a way that just gives them a toolkit to be aware of certain things. It doesn't, I don't think, have to be prescriptive. You can't think this or you can't think that. But just kind of like, how how well equipped are you to catch a prejudice? Um, because even if you're 5% more equipped to catch your prejudice, like that's surely better, right? Catch your, your, your own prejudice yeah. primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to, there's an interesting statement that I, that, that I, I don't know if I struggled to understand it. Or I just, I wanted, wanted to know what you guys think, but um, there's, there's a, there seems to be connected to this sort of cancel work culture of, so some people say I'm colorblind, right? They say, and I want to be colorblind. Like, surely that is the greatest intention. But some people, some some people within certain sectors of, of BLM and the Black community in general, so we say mouthpieces for the Black community are really against that. I don't, but I I don't personally get that. Like, do do you, have you heard about this? Yeah, saying I don't see color. I yeah. see everyone as the same. Do you do you, do you naturally I feel the same? F- I personally don't have any pro- not not conscious prejudice at least against mm. any ethnicity. I. I I think we're all humans. We're all equal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're the queen or if you're the cleaner, you know, everyone's the same. Yeah, really. she needs to give back the jewels, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I I've literally it's... never seen a fucking diamond mine in the UK. True, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so good point. Very good point. Um, but I think that possibly the the anger from that statement comes from not acknowledging their um, their ethnicity and their their country of origin, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, and not. I don't know. But then again, on the flip side, I, w- I literally watched an Instagram story the other day from a, a black girl who's American and she did a Q&A and someone said, you're beautiful, because she was, she was stunning. And someone wrote, you're beautiful. What is your ethnicity? She goes, I'm American and that's all you need to know. Yeah. And and it's okay. <laughs> it was just asking, you know, obviously yeah, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. You, your ethnicity originally is not Caucasian. So yeah. that's the, that was the question. That, what, how is that offensive? Well, mm. I, th- I think it's offensive because of kind of like the second part of your statement. Um, it's like your, your ethnicity is not Caucasian. And it's kind of like... But why is that offensive? There's, there's almost kind of but, like... But a, it's true, that's more an unknown... Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I'm it's not, just a I'm fact. Not, not I'm a, not defending. I think it's what she, whether whether it sounds right or not, the point is it's just they're not uh, not aware of what it is, therefore they're curious, as opposed to you're not Caucasian, therefore it's not right. That's I, two, that's I, two I, different I, things. I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying, but sometimes intention and uh, interpretation, there's like a huge delta between them. So like 
you know, it might be that um, because you phrase that question that way, like your ethnicity is not um, Caucasian. And I, know, and I know that's a fact and there's nothing wrong with that fact. And there's nothing wrong with you phrasing it like that, but it may be interpreted. But they didn't say that. They no, just no, no. asked what her ethnicity was. I, yeah. know, I know, but like asking someone who is not Caucasian their ethnicity, and this kind of like happens to a lot of people. And I've had this conversation before. The reason why that's in some respects triggering is because it's kind of like, um, even though it's well-intentioned and you, what you're really talking about is beauty, it's for some people reductive and it's kind of like, why are you only seeing my ethnicity? Why, why do I always have to have conversations about where I'm from or what my skin tone is and stuff like that? So it may not have been that specific question. It might have been that that was the 99th time she'd heard that that day. Maybe, and then yeah. she had a, you know, a, a, an outburst. But like, um, it can be super reductive where it's kind of like, you know, I've had people sort of say, uh, oh, people ask me about my mix all the time stuff like that and it's kind of like okay don't like i can use rudimentary tools as well like don't don't worry about it yeah it's um I it's think sad it, I, think I think that, amazing, that, that that's the reaction though i was really sad when i watched her reaction because i was like wow like obviously that person was just i get what you're saying like, I, you can't even say shit anymore like, well yeah that's when i'm that's what i mean when yeah. i said i felt like can't, i was walking in eggshells now people's culture like i always wonder with that yeah, like yeah, some yeah, people go where, some people go where are you from when i say i'm, I'm very yeah people ask me where i'm from all the time like are you russian yeah like like how often is well, it's how often and it's in what context, because it's kind of like if you're in Scotland and everyone's in Scotland and everyone's white and mm. you're saying and, and you're asking that to be kind of like, are you uh, Glaswegian or mm. are you from Edinburgh? It's a different proposition to if you're the only uh, black person or you're the only Asian person and you're being asked. I, I can imagine because they're going to get that question way more than you are. But it's like uh, quite triggering. Uh, again, I'm, I, I'm not saying this is my sole opinion it's more it's more element of devil's advocate i'm just i want to hear more but like do okay so now, now, you know like we said if some, a white person tried to get employed in nigeria yeah. like same concept if a white person went to certain culture that like everybody would go where are you from like, literally everybody would there's no doubt about it yeah, yeah. It'd, it'd, it'd be it it'd probably even more so because it'd be so alien whereas yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's more like there's more of them yeah. yeah 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 that's another great example but what you're kind of talking about is kind of like a one in a, in many situation, like what where people I think get frustrated is kind of like you're on the internet or you're in a melting pot like London, and Sorry. every five minutes you'll be yeah. asked like, "Oh, where are you from? What's your ethnicity?" Yeah, and it's kind of like it doesn't make sense. I'm not. I don't stand out here. Why do you care about where I'm from so much? Like, but I think because like, it's just our curiosity and just you know, it's if people are interested. It's like saying, where did you grow up? Like, did you grow up in London or did you grow up in Cambridge? Or did you? It's like one of those I kind of questions, that. but yeah, I understand like, if it's... I, I hear that, but it's kind of like, then the frustration is like, you won't be asked that I, as much I, as somebody else. But, but, but surely if we agree that, that there is a mesh of, um, or a multitude of different people in different cultures, then surely that flattens the situation and the point of asking that. Any, any, any individual person, whoever it is, is a much more genuine question. And, and, and this is why when I say about rhetoric and elements of, shall we say, woke identity politics, I, I, again, I, I don't have a particular, I'm not very adverse to it, but it does concern me. I do, you do as much, and then it touches on the other point you talk, we talk about, 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 about rhetoric, whether it's rhetoric through a more antagonistic rhetoric towards yeah. 
white people or that that anger translates to, towards people who have no intention to do so in a society that is arguably one of the most integratable so it's like i'm sort of just wonder, wondering like you know when you talk about solution like i i agree like solution is just keep on keep on going forward have these conversations yeah. which are which are obviously fantastic but but where 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 would the requirement of what you believe so strongly and what i do of uh shoe on the other foot empathize where they're coming from surely that has to be very very egalitarian egalitarian in this approach I, I, I there's nothing about this evening that i've agreed more with mm. like um for me you know what i've tried to do is kind of like explain why something could be triggering. Yeah. yes yeah, right? yeah i don't necessarily think it's correct yeah that is triggering that's interesting you put do, it about that you know yeah. what i mean like, yeah. I, like i don't necessarily think that it should be i think you know I used that example earlier of where that lady, that really old lady came up to me in a pub and said, you're really good looking for a black yeah. man. Some people would have kicked off. Mm. I was kind of like, you know, make my judgments based on my perceived intention. Mm. And I know that she was actually like well trying intended. in her head to pay me a compliment. Mm. So like, I'm not going to kick off. Like, I know that, you know, she's probably beyond reproach, but she needs a lot of education. Like, um, that's, <laughs> that would be the best solution in that situation. And for people, people are going to react in their individual ways. People might have be having bad days. People might be particularly yeah. touchy about, like a subjective reaction of one person should never be kind of like, um, you know, prescriptive of how a whole ethnicity will react to yeah, something. For sure. And I think like, if that person asked, that person should never be put off asking that question again. Cause that's not really the point. It's more kind of like, um, well, see, also understanding culture is, is the key to it, right? Yeah, like, I, you know, some people will know that, you know, you're un what you're trying to do is understand where they're from and, you you know, you're, you're well-intentioned. Some people won't take it like that. I think on both days, you have to be un unbothered if your intentions are good. Live with the fact that I had good intentions here and that's a very strong defensible position. And do you know what I mean? You, you, can't, you can't be put off being curious and you can't be put off potentially offending people if you do i think it's always fair to say i'm really sorry you're offended how can i like tell me why you offended me yeah. so i can not do it again like is it fair to question question if they have the right to be offended uh no really not for me because I, I i i and i'm i'm not i'm not isolating this to uh ethnicity or anything i just mean in general yeah you can question someone's right to be offended you can say and I'm not, and like I'm saying, if if we can truly take away race apart, like you can question people's objectivity to even their reaction. Surely, like I, I think that in the same sense that you can question anything, mm. yes, you, you can. But I don't think there's actually any merit into sort of in sort of saying to somebody that your emotional or rational reaction was the incorrect one, because that's an individual. <laughs> They're at liberty to react exactly how they want to. But 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 how? Further elaboration would be: What well, are they collect? Is is the accumulation of why they feel that emotion correctly observed, and are they have they been misled in some aspects? And that might and, be true. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. You yeah. might you might have got it wrong and reacted in a certain way, but it's kind of like based on the data that was presented to you, you probably felt like the right thing to do, right? Mm. So you can't. I don't think that you can sort of say don't feel that emotion or, or, or like you, you, 
like you shouldn't have been offended if we're using that example. I think it's good to ask why. Why are you offended? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Why? For sure. Uh, quite, like, and I'm trying to understand it. Have that and then conversation. maybe have the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Have, have that but conversation. In, a, in a non-accusatory way. Yeah, yeah. You have to allow, yeah. give that person the opportunity to come to come around to your way of thinking, rather than saying, you know, your way of you're being offended was wrong. You don't know about their day. Like I totally agree. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for wherever we talked to her. Like like we said, like totally understand that she was on the other side. I mean, more specifically, like like do you have the right to say, hey, now, like maybe you're overacting here. In any case, whether it's race or or gender, or whatever it is, and say, hey, there's positives here. There's 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 reasons to be more uh, be more positive about it. There's no reason just on the point like what we're saying to maybe stop a more regular trigger yeah. and try and help and try and help that person and go, Hey, you know, whether it's could be anything, it could be a guy, a guy who's perceived to be misogynist talking to a woman or whatever it is. So how I'm, I'm, I'm not the bad person. Here. I'm, you know, like when you, when you, when you were saying with what we're we going back to when we we're saying some men were getting offended. Right. And then I, I, you know, I watched something on ITV where a woman was like, I'm pretty sure most men have seen a woman in trouble and they've ignored it. And some yeah. guy can, and, and, and it was, it was on good, good morning Britain. Philip so Schofield went, well, I haven't. And he goes, I'm not offended, but I'm just letting you know it's there's more to that. Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. because yeah, and I could, I'm pretty confident I can say I've, if I've ever seen a woman in trouble and I felt need me to interject, I, I, I would, I can be quite confident in that. It, using that example, it, it's not that you know men can't have the reaction. Not all men. It's, it's not that you're not allowed to have the reaction. Mm. Um, it's that people have alternative. People are going to react to your reaction. It's all about kind of like freedom for me and and liberty. It's not about kind of like you can't you can't be offended by this or you can't be offended by that. Kind of like if we're li- if we live in a society where you're allowed to freely make where you have freedom of speech, mm. people also have to someone's going to get offended. Freedom of reaction. Yeah, you can't have freedom of speech with like repressed reaction. Mm. Like, I think it's like, important to expand on why on your reaction to so other people yeah, understand I th- I why that's it's what I'm triggering getting at, yeah. or why it's you know inflammatory. Yeah. So because I, otherwise it just inflames the other person because they think you're overreacting or yeah, when they just because they just is a pure, pure miscommunication or lack of you know empathy. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd never I'd never I agree with Alex. I'd never I'd never express it as hey you're overreacting. Yeah, <laughs> you know like you fucking idiot. But I, but I would be like, can we rein it in here? I think there's more to be to be. That's absolutely. There's I more to observe here. There's more. There's more. Be, there's more to be optimistic about. I think that's completely fair. And like you know, in practice, if you're having a heated debate, it's probably quite difficult to do but all you're doing yeah. is presenting an alternative view mm. you're you're complete in fact that's like the kindest thing to do mm. if you genuinely think you know somebody is wrong they're allowed to be wrong mm. but you're also allowed to suggest an alternative view yeah and like you know who dies in that situation yeah but that's right? the, well, that, but yeah well, well, well i agree i just think that the point is now it's just I like rounding up those points is again why why I love this and like why I want to do these conversations is because people lose their capacity to take on another point of view and if if people can watch this and relate it back and go wow look how productive was that over hours but like that's that's what it's all about for me yeah and and literally that's part of the reason why I created this product because it's kind of like we haven't all agreed on every point tonight yeah at all I've at no point been like. I would never see these people again. Like, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I, like it's it's like the issues are deep. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. the fact that you 
approach them differently as a culmination of your experiences today and mm-hmm. where you've come up and like stuff like that and like what for me what is is life if that discourse can't happen i agree and i think um, this is this is what the education is all about yeah, cool. Okay, so uh, Kenzo, firstly, thank you for a great conversation. It was really, really fantastic. Pleasure. Um, and hopefully we'll do it again and we'll talk about a few other things yeah, we can get on. Sure. Um, we do a few quick fires and they end up being, they sometimes go longer than a few minutes. But firstly, what is your favourite movie? Or oh, Inglorious Bastards. Any uh, any particular reason? Christoph Waltz. Okay, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. Favourite book? Uh, um. That is a tough one. Uh, you can do a top three if you think there's stuff that you would like. It's good for people to hear. Think, this is really boring. No, no. But Terry Leahy, the old CEO of Tesco, yes, did a book. Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but he kind of explained how they kind of came to uh, came to invent the club cards and all of the data and stuff that went into that, and like how they kind of. Um, were creating different Tesco's for different areas. Basically, it was like a different experience going into one in Bermondsey to Elephant and Castle and stuff like that. And um, that was when I was kind of making inroads into an interest in business early. I was probably like uh, 21 when mm-hmm. I read that. And yeah, I, like that is, I probably wouldn't read it again, but it was like, yeah, really good. So reminder of the book, the title and author? I, Terry Leahy. Okay. He's old, old uh, CEO of Tesco. And uh, yeah, I cannot remember the uh, title of the book, which is... Which is good considering it's your favourite. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it is really good. Um, what is your best quality? Um, I think... Uh, hmm, maybe compassion. Um, or actually, no, probably generosity is if that's a quality i, I mean it's, def- I'm, it's definitely a quality. i'm broke though um, <laughs> <laughs> it's gone really well um no i think yeah maybe maybe generosity okay and uh what is what is happiness to you um so I mean, that's a tough one for me a happiness is i guess um being able to amplify other people's happiness. It's broad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And could, you, could, you, could you maybe elaborate a touch on that? Yeah, just kind of like, okay, cool. If I can um, help other people um, in any way, shape or form, mm. like if I know how to do something or if I've set up a card game and somebody like, is trying to do that, I think it's so great other people trying to do stuff. And if I can like help in any way, you know, uh, that that is happiness. I would say like, you know, an Audi Q8, but after two weeks, I'd probably get a bit bored. <laughs> yeah. Like, on, honestly, like, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, not massively materialistic, just like helping other so, people do So really shit. happiness to you and, and any internal grat- gratification will be through other people's happiness, really? Yeah, I think that's like the greatest form for me of, of happiness, like seeing other people like happy. Okay. Um, sorry, did you want to say anything else to that? No. Um, okay, finally, uh, what do you hope for on your deathbed? And what I mean by that is what do you hope you can look back on fondly on your deathbed? Uh, family, uh, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Simple answer, but 
effective. Brilliant. All right, cool. listen, thank you very much. That was a great wrap.